Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. And welcome to another episode of 52 and 52. So today's episode is going to be about uh, The Big Short, which just got a wide release last week, uh, I think on Wednesday. And Josh and I both saw it separately. And again, we are in different places. You'll notice again by uh, by our mic situation going on. But uh, I think the last podcast came out well, which we did on Star Wars, which you should definitely go listen to because we know that you've definitely seen Star Wars. Um, so again, today we're going to be talking about The Big Short. If you guys don't know what this movie is about, simply put, it's about the financial crisis, housing crisis in 2007, 2008. And this movie is based on a book. Uh, well, the source material is a book that just talked about these different players and how they basically predicted that the housing bubble was going to crash. So it stars Christian Bale, um, Ryan Gosling, Steve Carell, and then these two other guys – um, college guys that aren't really in many other movies right now and so yeah there's just four different players and it kind of just goes back and forth between all four of them and their unique experiences in betting against the housing market and and how they made tons of money when the american people kind of got screwed by everything that was going on with the banks um anything else to add josh that's pretty that's pretty much it this, yeah follows these different groups and they're kind of different paths once they kind of catch on to what's going on in the housing market and it's yeah i think you put it pretty well all right josh so what'd you think of the movie i i liked it i didn't think it was a perfect movie by any means but i thought given this subject matter kind of i mean i'm sure we'll end up a little bit later in the podcast maybe not giving a doing a total comparison but talking about some of the issues that it dealt with like 99 homes another one we did a podcast on that dealt with the housing crisis i'm always I'm always impressed when movies can take relatively dry subject matter and at least keep me entertained. And I felt like for the, it was able to do that. And I, so I, I respected it for that. And I thought the, most of the performances I thought were still really good. And, um, it, it, it was a little slow at times. It wasn't like I was totally engaged for all two hours and 20 minutes or whatever it was. It was, I thought it, I, I'm usually not one to complain about movies being too long, but I thought there were a couple times where the movie got a little sloppy with its transitions and whatnot. But as far as just watching these characters talk about stuff which should have just put me to sleep, it really did keep me interested. And I think the most important thing about this movie and about most movies that kind of deal with subject matter that is current and topical and stuff that people know about is that they tell you a story that you don't already know or they keep you in, interested by telling you things that are, are kind of unfamiliar and focus on some different interesting things because everyone knew what was going to happen in this movie. We knew what was eventually going to, it was eventually going to result in, like we knew these guys were right. And there's a way in which this movie just kind of only talks about that. There's a way in which someone tells a story like this where it's very familiar. And I thought it kind of picked a story, which not a lot of people know about unless you have read Michael Lewis's book and, more people than not that are going to see this movie haven't read his book. So it's important that it uh, keeps things fresh and interesting despite that. And I thought it was because something that I, you haven't seen concussion yet. We're going to do a film. We're going to do a podcast on that in a, in the next few days, but that was something where maybe it's just kind of more familiar with it, but I felt like I knew everything and there's so much more there to talk about. Whereas here I felt like the stuff that they were exploring just, was a little more interesting and not as well publicized, so I at least respected it for that. Yeah, um, okay. I actually 
not that I disagree with you. I I like I like the movie a lot more than you did. I think. Um, okay. I'm not sure where I would put it in a ranking, but I, it's definitely one of my favorite movies that I watched this year. Okay. I don't well. know. I don't know if part of that is just because I studied this stuff in college or or what, but I was highly entertained 95 percent of the time. I didn't really find it too slow. I think the most important thing about the movie is that it was informative. But I also mm-hmm. think that that might be a not a problem, but rather it's it's pretty evident Adam McKay's stance um, and oh, how yeah. he feels about everything. Um, it's a very one-sided movie, I'd say, which is not to say that he's wrong, which is interesting considering the characters say that all the time in this movie. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I didn't really think it was slow. I enjoyed the the goofy transitions and the oh, okay See, and, that, and, yeah we just different on those yeah and so they just had like a ludicrous moneymaker video playing 10 minutes into the movie for like two minutes and and i don't know i really liked it i i kind of got where where he was going maybe i was just it. uncomfortable during that scene and that's why i didn't like it because i was sitting next to my 79 year old grandpa and my dad <laughs> so maybe, maybe i just felt a little funny during the ludicrous thing but i thought maybe some of the some of the mid-2000s montages were just a little I, I just didn't really n- know if I needed all those, and then having the the on the nose quote that comes up before the next segment, and I, I, some of that I just thought was unnecessary, and it didn't really add a lot to it for me. And I felt like it kind of slowed the momentum of the movie at times, but it wasn't like something like it's still going to be in my top twenty movies of the year. Don't get me wrong; maybe you liked it slightly more than I did. It's just that was the one thing I would nitpick at it when I said it wasn't to- it wasn't totally my thing. Um, or not, not totally my thing. It just wasn't that. That was one of the few things that just didn't work for me. I'd say, but it wasn't anything detrimental in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing: is like the subject matter is very not. I see. I don't even think it's boring. Personally, I I like the investing and the. I mean, a lot of the stuff with the housing stuff is boring, but. I would say it was even more about just like being an investor and learning how to how to do that and all these guys using whatever trends they could find to make money. And while it focused on the housing crisis, they they obviously had to explain what that was. And I like the I like the way they did that. If you guys haven't seen the movie, we're not really giving anything away, but basically for stuff that they thought would be too boring or hard to explain that was that was really complicated. They would just cut to like a famous celebrity and have them have like a what two to three minute little break in the fourth wall explaining to us what what something was so in in a cool metaphor or analogy or something. And I don't know. I so I, didn't bother. So you said you're more familiar with this stuff. You probably understand it more. So you probably didn't need them to break the fourth wall in the same way that a lot of people are. But you still you still enjoyed that stuff and you weren't bothered by it because well, that's what it's. I, a lot of the criticism I've seen are people that just did not like that at all. And I agree with you because I thought. There, I thought they did a very good job of that because there were times where I'm like, all right, this is just getting to be too much for me. I, I'm, I'm getting lost in this terminology, and then it would happen. Like they did it at the right times, and I thought people are just going to criticize them for being too expositional if you have one of the characters do it. So why not do it this way? It, it didn't bother me. Yeah, to me, Adam McKay was taking something that's like pretty serious, and whether it's the subject matter or the American people getting screwed and losing houses and jobs and money, and just making it really light i felt like the movie was really light overall and just like easy to watch for me because it's so tragic right and even with the steve carell stuff that happened with his brother and everything the whole movie overall to me just kind of felt like it wasn't like heavy to watch if that makes sense no i agree but so one one another criticism i saw was and i really loved all the steve carell stuff i thought he this is probably the my favorite performance he's ever given and he got and i like Foxcatcher more than a lot of people but people 
we're like, well, this is way way too shoehorned in with the Steve Carell stuff at the end. They're just trying to give it some serious meaning after they took it way too lightly the whole movie. But I, I didn't think, see that was a problem. Did, did you like how they kind of, while yes, it kept that light tone, did, did you think it transitioned into those serious moments in a good way for you? Because that's what a big part of this movie is, is at different parts people are kind of realizing, well, yeah, we're right about this, even though people have been telling us are wrong, but us being right is going to mean not so good things for a lot of people. Do you think they struck that balance okay? Well, yeah. I, well, you know what's interesting? I think that I think that they kind of took, I think they used the movie as 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 a as a vessel to do that for us because they had this scene where the two college kids are making. They decide that they they're going to be right, and they made a lot of money, and they made this deal. And then they're so they're working with Brad Pitt, who makes a little. Uh, he's in it a little bit, but he's not really a main character. And so he, they're walking around with Brad Pitt, and they're like dancing, all excited that they're going to make money. And Brad Pitt turns around and yells at him, and is like, "Don't dance! Like this is serious. A million people are going to lose their jobs. Forty thousand people are going to die every time unemployment goes up. This amount of people die. This is serious shit. You guys might make money, but this is going to hurt the American people." And I so if he's a, do, why do you think he helped them then? I mean. I, I don't know. I don't think that's important, really. Is okay, it? it's not. Okay, I don't know. It was just weird. It was interesting. Like, I, I, I thought he played that scene well, and it was a valid thing to point out. I'm just curious if he was so aware of all of this the whole time, and is so somber about it at this point. What was that guy's motivation? But I mean, make it's, money. It's, 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 yeah, I guess so. So he's fine making money, even if he's not. He's content making money, and then just not feeling totally 100 percent awesome about it. Well, here's the thing: is I think that they went out of their way to kind of punch in that Brad Pitt hates all the Wall Street guys and all the bullshit that they've been doing, right? So He's the, happy to screw the banks. Yeah, th- that's what the young guys pitch him, right? When they yeah. first call him, they say, look, I know you hate Wall Street and you hate the financial people, but this is your chance to get back at them and get out of the banks for fucking the American people. And I mean, either way, the American people are kind of fucked, right? So might as well make money. I think that was a mm-hmm. lot of their attitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you said Steve Carell's performance was your favorite he's ever given. Yeah. Okay. I, he, well, he, see, what, 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 is he, there another one that jumps out well, for you? Well, you mentioned to me earlier off, off camera that we were, that you didn't really like Christian Bale's character much and he was kind of annoying for you at times. And I kind of felt that way about Steve Carell. I mean, I appreciate really? his performance, but I thought of all the characters, he was the most annoying. If anyone was annoying for me. Um, I really, really like Christian Bale's character. Huh. I, I really like Gosling, and I really liked, actually, really liked all the dude, the the three guys that worked with Steve Carell in his yeah, little. I, uh, I really like the number. Room. I really like that numbers guy, Vinny. Yeah, Vinny he was, was good. Really good. I, I, I don't know if I'd ever seen that guy in anything before, but I thought he was really good. Yeah, because well, one of the other guys in their group was. Uh, I've seen him in a lot of things, but I have no idea what his what his, what his name is. Um, Oh, I, I know, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to blink on his name at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I didn't think that the Steve Carell stuff was misplaced, really, for me. I think that, I don't know, I don't think that the 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 focus of the movie really changed at all. I think it was just all like, this is how things happen, and and you don't realize it when people are in trouble and. Wall Street catches people up and and yeah. you just get so consumed with it and it makes sense that you'd be consumed in your own stuff and only once you step back then you'd have that crisis of conscience that that made sense to me and I don't and but it was an area where I've seen people kind of criticize them trying to shoehorn in some dramatic weight and when they weren't otherwise taking it seriously it's a criticism I've seen but like I said it makes sense that they it might hit them later that that's what's actually happening 
Yeah, and I mean, even if that's like the worst thing that happens in the movie, then that's not really a problem for me personally. I, I, even if you're like, okay, this stuff with Steve Carell at the end is is overdone, then you say, okay, well, that's two one percent of the movie overall. It's two minutes of the whole movie, so who who cares? That, that's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah, and some people are criticizing that. Hey, why are you focusing so much on his personal life? And it doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. And well, yeah, I don't think the movie is any worse if you just cut all that stuff out. It it did kind of make sense that they'd established that he'd had these issues with his with his brother in the past, and his wife had been trying to get him to focus on it. And it's upsetting when Marissa Tomei is relegated to the role of concerned wife, but that's what she's doing here. And it made sense to me that once he does realize the effects of all this, what, what all this housing stuff is going to do and who he's, how he's going to end up making all this money, he's going to feel bad about it, but he realizes, look, I can't do anything about what these banks are doing, but maybe I can go like make myself feel a little bit better and make and unburden myself in some other area of my life. So it kind of made sense to me that, that he would then run to then tr- try and confront some of these other issues he'd been avoiding. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the movie makes it clear that he's trying to solve like all these problems and he's trying to unburden, like you said, unburden people from other problems and he doesn't really concern himself with his own problems and until he realizes I, I mean I think that it's pretty clear he has his moment of realization when he realizes nothing he can do or anyone can do can fix anything whatever and he has this scene with Marissa Tomei and while she does play just concerned wife for most of the movie she has a couple just the way she she looks in the scenes the way she does her face and her eyes and everything that that I think was was appropriate for her concern with her husband Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so tell me why you didn't like Christian Bale's character. Well, I, I wasn't even so much that I didn't like him. It was that I just didn't want to spend as much time with him as the movie wanted to spend with him. And I thought he was doing what he did well. It just After a while, it, it just got kind of old. Like, I get it. The guy is kind of autistic slash Asperger-y, whatever you, whichever one, however you want to describe him. He does have all these different tics, and he's socially awkward, and... I got all that, and I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the scenes with him in the trying to talk to the banks because I, I think it, I I, th- I did kind of appreciate the humor in a guy like that approaching these massive banks and making these deals, and they see how he's acting like a weirdo and then trying to make these deals. I I I, I enjoyed everything that went into that, but then after that, I thought he, because he's the one that kind of kicks everything into motion, his presence kind of looms over everything going forward. So I and I. I, I was fine with them going back to him to see the, some of the reaction that he was getting from the other his investors and the other people in his company. Like it made it would make sense. Like that's necessary for them to doubt him when it's taking a while for all the other reasons the movie establishes for the for the housing market to really slowly start to crumble. But there were just too many scenes where it just like cut back to him and he's listening to heavy metal and he's just like running around his office or he's just like curled up in a ball on the floor or he's playing his fucking drum set really loudly, and I'm like, this isn't doing it for me. I'm sorry. Like, I'm so much more interested in whatever it was you just cut away from. I don't need to see him playing his drum set really loudly, and I, I just, I, I get it. He's a weird dude. And I, I appreciated his weirdness when it was dealing with some of the financial stuff. I didn't need to keep having it hammered to me that he's weird. I get it. I you know? See, I don't know. I, I I really thought that stuff was just, like, delightful, honestly. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was it was funny and and just seeing Bale play that part and it's just like this juxtaposition of all these serious Wall Street guys and even the other three the other three main players right you have Gosling always in a suit making everybody like leave his presence when he's on the phone and you have 
Steve Carell being all serious and he's got three guys and he's got an office and their numbers, blah, blah, blah. And you got these college guys who are trying to get into, they are dreaming of Lehman Bro- working at Lehman Brothers and, and Bear Stearns and everything. And then you just cut to Christian Bale, who's this doctor wearing shorts and a fucking surfer t-shirt to work and just jamming out to heavy metal in his office. And what people in the office- In California, he's very yeah. fun. Move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I enjoyed it. I don't know. Maybe part of it is just how I feel about Christian Bale in general, but- I like him too. And, and I can appreciate that it's funny that a guy with an actual medical degree decided to go that route and is just walks to work in a shorts and a t-shirt and- is weird. It's just eventually I felt like they cut away one too many times, and I just started kind of like, oh, come on, like I because I, I was really invested in the stuff and I enjoyed all the stuff with uh, Steve Carell's team. Um, but like, just think about how unprecedented it is for someone like him. I mean, he's the person who discovered like that the housing market was going to crash, right? So yeah, I guess you do really... need to spend a lot of you can't you can't shortchange that guy on screen time, I guess. Yeah, and 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 not to and he's so eccentric that you can't. That something always is interesting happening with him and just like the way that he talks to the, his investors and the unique agreement he has with, with his company that he gets it aside. If the investors can take their money out and he basically is – they think he's screwing him over but he's just so convinced that he's right and it's just – I don't know. I thought it was interesting to watch someone who's so convinced he's right and literally everyone else in the world thinks he's wrong and thinks he's crazy and he's – just so confident in himself and and like you said the scenes with the banks were hilarious to me and uh the young the the, the young lady and the young indian guy and they're like laughing at him because he wants to spend 200 yeah i know I, I, like i said i i really like that stuff i guess it was just it was it, maybe it was a lot of him, like i said it was a lot of him being eccentric and rolling on the floor and playing drums like maybe if they had just spent more I, i'm fine it wasn't necessarily i'm mad with the screen time that he got it was more like i would have liked some of that stuff to have been spent like, do you think they do you think they explained it enough? I mean, I, I get they eventually explained what was causing the housing crisis. Do you think maybe they could have shown him figuring this out a little more? I guess he was looking at his spreadsheets and he was, I guess he was looking at the different uh, mortgages and stuff. Maybe they could have spent more time just showing him figuring all that out. Or do you think they did that? I I think they did it enough. I mean, basically, I, I'll recap it for you in thirty seconds. Basically, okay. all these all these. Uh, things that they're investing in are made up of 1,000 little things. So nobody wants to look at the individual pieces because it's boring and it takes takes so long. And he decided to actually look at it and notice that the mortgages that were included in there were just poor people who have no income just getting a house because the bank is loaning them money, which the poor people have no chance of paying back. So his mindset is, well, these people literally will have no chance of paying back and once their agreements go back to like a rate that they can't afford because it's like it's like when you sign for Cox Cable, right? They'll give you this rate for six months, and then after that, it jumps. That's the same way that it was for the, yeah, the housing market. Work. So yeah. he's just noticing that, and and then it leads to Ryan Gosling noticing it, and then it leads to Ryan Gosling telling Front Point, telling Steve Carell, and then it leads to those two college guys finding the thing, and I don't know. So it's, well, it sounds like you enjoyed Gosling, and I did too. Uh, well, Another criticism I saw was him talking about him being smug, but I'm like, what's the problem yeah, with that? Yeah, he was we've, smug. We've only got, but it was cool. Like We've only seen that version of him in Crazy Stupid Love. Everything else he does has mostly been super serious roles, and I think he's a great actor, but it's cool to see him do that again. Like I thought it was, like, I, I laughed a lot, like, because it showed that the movie was in on the joke, even if his character wasn't when he's at that work gathering and he's like, I'm not like those people. I have fashion friends. Yeah. And no, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. And I'm like, this guy like is very full of himself and 
it's interesting to see how other people react to him, but I, I, I didn't, I wasn't put off by his smugness. It was just kind of amusing to see how it played off of all the other really serious characters he was interacting with. Yeah, and even Steve Carell's character says, they're like, oh, this guy's full of shit. And he's like, yeah, but at least he's honest that, that he's full of shit. And it's like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, he's he's being a dick and he's like, yeah, I'm being a dick to you intentionally and I don't know. I, I really enjoyed Gosling. And like you said, I mean, Crazy Stupid Love is just a phenomenal performance by Ryan Gosling. And it's nice to just see him kick it back a little and have fun and slick back What's hair that? in a suit it's, and everything. It's nice to see him just acting again because he's uh, he kind of took a couple of years off the last couple of years. And he, he does have a lot more stuff coming up now. And I'm, I guess this is the start of it. But he's got the, that the Nice Guys movie with Joe from The Leftovers and Russell Crowe coming out and Damien Chazelle's next movie with Emma Stone. So it's going to be a big year for him, and I'm excited about that. But, I mean, as far as just the the rest of this movie, um, did you just want to touch on some of the other performances th- now? Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I thought Brad Pitt was going to have a bigger part, but what did you think of it? We, t- we talked a little bit about that character, but, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I enjoyed him, even if he was just kind of... Uh, he was really playing the straightest of straight men. It was, it, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I really liked him. I He's like that character right there is something that I would be like, I could probably watch a movie on that guy's life, right? Because you would look back and this, this young guy coming up in Wall Street and then being turned against Wall Street because of all the bullshit going on and then going home. Becoming to, a hermit. <laughs> going home to become a hermit and, and only eat seeds that are grown organically in his own garden and, and <laughs> peeing on his leaves and peeing on his salad and oxidizing everything. And I don't know. He was I thought he was really good. Um, I bet that's probably something that similar to the way he plays in by the sea, right? <laughs> I'm never going to know. <laughs> Me it's okay. I'm not going to go see that movie. Like, I'm glad, it's good. It's a good thing. He like was able to cancel that one out with something else that we can all agree. He was really good in. Um, and I, well, I guess we didn't actually, we talked more about Bale than we did about Carell. I said, I liked him. You said, I didn't. You just, so, but you said you appreciated the stuff with his wife. So what was it about the character of, um, cause I mean, it's probably, it's probably the next, uh, the second half of the movie. It's really like, He's he's really the most important guy in that. Whereas Christian Bale really sets things in motion in the first half, it goes back to him. But most of the stuff that his character's doing is like really pivotal. So what bothered you about him? Well, it's not even. I liked him. I didn't not like him. I just thought if anyone was going to be found annoying, I thought it would be him, just because he was like oh, okay. he was just so much uh, as a character, which is fine. I enjoyed. It. He was way over the top, like. I'm, and I'm sure really? I thought he, I, th- I thought he was it a couple times where you could tell he had anger problems. But well, that's what I'm like saying. It, da- it seemed like he toned he toned it down. And I mean, I, I, if you if you were just if you thought that seemed a little out of place and over the top for what the rest of the character was, because I enjoyed the scenes where he's just being curious and then he's dumbfounded by everything he's discovering. Well, I that's what I'm saying. Like, well. but as and like in real life, as far as I know from reading about him, that's how he actually was in real life. To just imagine a person in real life being like that is is overwhelming a little bit, right? So. It's not that it's hard to watch. It's just like, whoa, okay, this guy's in your face kind of thing. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, like, I, 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 just, I enjoyed him. I thought, I I thought just, that scene where yeah, I, I thought that scene where he's talking to the guy in the at the Vegas uh, restaurant was really really good. Oh, that was an awesome scene. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't that that whoever that guy that played that asshole was was great too, and he was only in the movie <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah. Um, um, what about the two college kids? They're good. I, I didn't realize that was going to be part of the film. Like I, I, because I, I really, I guess I did see some of the previews and stuff, but I just, I knew the four big actors in it. I thought maybe it was just going to tell four separate stories about them, and 
that was going to be it. So I thought those college guys were kind of interesting because you could tell how smart they were, but in over their heads at the same time. And I thought it was that was an interesting contrast to kind of see them become a little more confident in what they were doing throughout the movie. Yeah, I don't think I've really seen either one of them before. John Magaro plays Charlie. He's in Carol. Oh, and great. he's also in Orange is the New Black, but I haven't watched the new season. I don't know if you watched it. Um, the other guy's Finn, Finn Whit- Whitrock. He's in uh, – they're both in Unbroken, actually, which I never watched. But th- I thought they were really good. They played off each other really well. It was kind of it was kind of interesting that, like, you have these guys that are on a much bigger – even though they're not like working for massive banks, it seemed like Carell's company was like a small, a small little office. But they, but like they were still working on a larger scale than those two guys were. So it was interesting that guys like that, that are just young kids, essentially, were essentially worked themselves into being kind of major players in this thing, which is interesting because, like I'm saying, it's uh, it's a we all know what the housing crisis is and what happened, but it's just something that I was completely unfamiliar with within that, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, and you said you wanted to talk about this in, in 99 Homes a little bit, or no? Before, well, before we get to comparisons with other stuff, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, because I was talking to another friend of mine that has worked on, actually works in investment banking, and so he's familiar with some of the terminology in this stuff, and one of his criticisms of the movies, which I, I thought maybe I understood it, or maybe I understood it and I didn't think I was, because one of his criticisms was he thought that maybe towards the end he didn't really know if they did a, the movie did a great job of explaining why the guys were needing to sell when they were having to sell. and Because each of them kind of got to that point at a slightly different time. Do you think the movie kind of explained that clearly? Because the, the way I interpreted it was each of these guys ended up, or they were buying some of the insurance plans or the, um, the credit non-credit default, default swaps. swaps. Yeah. Credit, credit default swaps. They were buying some of them from the banks with which they were actually affiliated, so they needed to sell before they, they actually went under. It was how I understood it. Which, But do you think the movie... Um, do you think towards the end the movie... As the housing crisis was starting to happen, do you think the movie was a, was clear enough on exactly the sequence of events that needed to happen for each of those characters to get to those points where they made those decisions? Um, as far as the characters getting there, yeah. If if what you're asking is if they're if they're clear, like the, why they needed to sell, I'm not really. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I think so, yes, but I also kind of just understood it. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, like if they go into bankruptcy, then they're just going to be another creditor on the bank's list, right? So I don't know. I mean I I don't, I don't know. know if it was I don't I don't know if it was totally essential to my enjoyment of the film. That's why I told my friend I was discussing this with it's like uh maybe I didn't understand it quite as well as I thought, but all you really I mean maybe you just really don't need to know that completely and understand every single thing that's going on as long as you know like if they don't sell then like it's gonna be trouble. So that's why these characters are feeling these pressures. And if you grasp that, like maybe you're good. Yeah, I, I I think that's really all you need to get. But at the same time, they had that scene with um, Steve Carell and the lady at uh, Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley, sorry, yeah. And basically, what she was explaining to him was that he has this he has this agreement with the bank that he will make money off, right? And mm-hmm. since the bank is losing money on the thing that he bet against. They might not have enough money to pay him back. Yeah, that's what so, I so if they pay, if they start paying him and other people that have credit default swaps, then they're just going to go bankrupt and might not be able to pay everything because they're going to be using all their money to pay and everything. And so it's like they may as well sell what they're holding to someone else, yeah, and it so, could then be their problem if those people are willing to buy. Well, it. He, that's what he was saying is he was betting against himself because if he 
if he cashes in on his default swaps, then it means the banks are going to go bankrupt, right? So then if the banks go bankrupt, then he's kind of screwed. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I guess the, the, the other the – other, the, and I also really like that scene where with him and uh, Steve Carell and uh, I guess I think it was Vinny who was with them when they talked to the woman that was – Putting the different ratings on the oh, yeah, um, on the bonds. Yeah, yeah, mostly, was and I, I didn't even, I didn't even realize it was mostly until after I saw the movie because she was so good. And I thought I, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was another another really good scene that kind of like without even having to do one of the fourth wall things, it really kind of did a good job of just letting you understand exactly what was going on and why these characters were so were like why why it wasn't working out like because at that point it's you're wondering well these guys are right why why aren't they seeing the dividends of their foresight at this point and i thought that was it was kind of interesting because it just showed how how deep some of the issues within the industry were running and it did a good job of showing and that that scene with the great actress did a good job of showing that without telling us that yeah and i think that was a nice spot for adam mckay to kind of let the other side have a word if if that makes sense because mm-hmm. he's clearly on the side of Steve Carell and the other guys, and it and allows Melissa Leo to take the other side and be like, "Well, this is the pressure I'm facing. I understand yeah. the pressure you're facing, but this is how it works for us on this side." I still think it's a little clear that though that like they are a little bit more in the right than the other side because they're not Absolutely. really doing anything. But like, it's not. And I think that's a good thing that the movie does at times, which I forgot to mention was. Because we talked about this a little bit when we, when we talked about Spotlight and how we probably both ranked it slightly ahead of Straight Outta Compton because it does question the protagonist a little bit more and doesn't just and doesn't really and it actually gives you a chance to look, look at look upon them as see their faults a little more. And here it does it does that multiple times. We already talked a little bit about them feeling bad about wanting about making money off of what's happening to these people in the first place, but in a certain to a certain extent, like how much better are they than the Melissa Leo character like we get they are like what they're doing probably doesn't constitute fraud like what she's doing but they are in it for their own interest and they are going to benefit off of other people really going through some pretty bad times in their life and it makes you and it makes you think and I appreciate when movies do that absolutely I agree um but yeah I, I, the more I think about it I don't know if there's really a ton to um dissect comparing this and this versus 99 homes it's just 99 Homes like is dealing with stuff on a much smaller scale, but it is kind of funny because it, it really did evoke that a little bit when you had that scene with them down in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was just kind of funny, though, because 99 Homes is about the guy that exploited the inefficiency that we saw in that movie. This guy had put the, the Michael Shannon character in 99 Homes. Has his, he's on top of his shit, and he has this operation where he is really good at getting these mortgage, uh, with the, working with these mortgage for companies to just foreclose on all these houses. And you see that why he is so good at why he has this opportunity because in the big short, you have this problem of people not foreclosing and they're so backed up on all these foreclosures that it's just taking them forever to get to other places. And that's why that movie was an example of a guy who, while we ultimately find out, does resort to some nefarious measures. He is able to work within the law for a large part of his job and do really well with it. And I I thought kind of seeing how those Florida scenes in the big short – related to what was going on in 99 homes was just it was really interesting and that, that was what i wanted to point out more than do a straight comparison of the movies because we both like the movies and i think they're probably two different stories to actually compare uh yeah no i would agree it's it's similar and just the, the some of the actions in the big short led to some of the inefficiencies that michael shannon would be able to 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 take control of in 99 homes and and they're not really interrelated but but they are 
on a on a grand scheme and just like kind of like a trickle down kind of way. So, and it, yeah, it's just funny because that guy's like, yeah, I haven't paid my more, rent. I've been paying my rent for three months, and they're like, well, you're or I've been paying my rent all along. And they're like, your your landlord hasn't paid his mortgage in ninety days, forever. Yeah. yeah, and and and. My, and I was, I was I was talking to my dad about this a little bit because he's a bankruptcy lawyer and he says he has he has, he has clients that have just been in their house for years and they could have easily been foreclosed on but they're not and I guess because of just how backed up people were on this kind of things it's um, it, it creates a trickle down effect so it's just interesting that there's room to make a movie that gets at such smaller parts of the story and. Like I, th- I feel like it's it maybe is e- I don't know if it's easier, but it's just it, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess it's just, it is pretty impressive that they were able to for the guy that directed and wrote 99 Homes is able to like pick, pinpoint such a small part of this, but still tell such a big story. Whereas you have a lot more to I guess you have a lot more to work with with something like The Big Short, where you have all these different stories and it's much more sweeping. But it is kind of cool how you can tell two stories about the housing crisis that are so different, but do it effectively. Yeah, I would agree. Um, um, so yeah, I think it, it sounds, did, did you, did you like one movie more than the other or cause I have them like, I, ha- I have them pretty close to me on my movie rankings. But um, I haven't really, uh, thought about it. Yet. I haven't really thought about it yet, but that's a good segue into saying that Josh and I are probably going to do a little year end wrap, just a quick, you know, favorites, least I, favorites kind of thing coming up soon. So yeah, that'll actually be a good point for me to do that. I had one more question about this movie though. Go ahead. How would you rank it against the other Michael Lewis adaptations? Um, um, what are Moneyball and the Blind Side? Moneyball and the Blind Side. Better than both of them. Yeah, I, which is funny because I kind of I kind of feel the same way. Even though I I I really like the I'm probably more interested in the subject matter of those other two, which is interesting. I don't I don't know if it's because I I've read both the Moneyball and the Blind Side, and I hadn't read this. So you're gonna pick apart a movie where you've read the book a little bit more. But I I definitely like this movie better than those two. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that. I guess The Blind Side was just really a really corny movie for me. Yeah, I didn't like The Blind Side. I, so. I don't know. Like, it was a great book, and I guess it's just I, they couldn't help but get themselves but get a little over cheesy with a lot of those family scenes. And the book has some really interesting stuff where it just talks about the evolution of the left tackle and focuses on Anthony Munoz and the 49ers of that area. And I guess it's something they just didn't bother with in their movie. And I really like the book for that. And then the Moneyball, I just don't think Aaron Sorkin knew enough about baseball. And uh, I no. guess here, yeah. And here, I guess Adam McKay, while he's been so much so uh, so used to doing other stuff, like he's done straight comedies, it's clear that he he really is passionate about this. And yeah, he took a stance, and like we said, it's not necessarily a problem, but it was clear from the stance he took that he is very steeped in the knowledge and the material, and probably knew this stuff a lot better than like Sorkin knew Moneyball. Even though I, like I said, I'm much more interested in baseball statistics than I am the housing crisis and I think that just shows how well done this movie is that someone like me who's a massive sports fan who has even worked in sports in some capacity before found myself much more entertained by a movie about like the intricacies of the housing crisis yeah I hear what you're saying I love baseball so but (laughs) I like this movie more thanks again everyone for listening Uh, I'm not sure what our next episode will be probably hateful eight I guess or concussion Oh man, I can't wait for concussion, you guys. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time.